1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot, known locally as a February room, is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite developments, fly rods, and fishing accessories. Tech. Precision. Ingenuity. Legacy. Go to cdfishing.us and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Here's your host, Lauren Carnop, and this is The February Room.
2: Welcome to the February Room. Today, my guest is James Lady, all the way from Michigan. Thank you so much for joining me today, James. You're
3: welcome. It's a pleasure.
2: And I have to say, you have a great title. You're an artist with Stillwater Studio, doing beautiful photography, fishing. But one of the other things that's really interesting about you is that you are the founder or hobbyist of uh, Michigan Aboriginal Project. And um, when somebody says aboriginal... Maybe they don't know what that means. Can you give us a little bit description of what you do? And then I want to hear a fishing story. You might have a story that goes with it.
3: I may. Uh, I always wondered if this this Bigfoot thing out there, you know, was real. I never could figure out why it couldn't be real. And if I ever had an opportunity to see one, I'd really like to do that and get a picture of it. And and, uh, I never knew that some boyhood dreams could be realized in the way that they have. That's how I got into that. And it does tie into my fly fishing. Although formerly an artist, formerly a fly fisher, I don't, I really haven't grabbed a fly rod uh, to seriously go after fish for a long time. I was supposed to go up to Canada this year, but the COVID situation hit. And I, I love fly fishing for pike. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do so uh i got my jollies through the fishing and the art, and then i kind of burned out on all that then i got I, I just went on this bigfoot thing it was actually during the the last presidential election i thought the world had gone mad and no matter what side of the aisle you hail from it's, it, you would agree that the world's gone mad uh so i wanted nothing to do with it being you know a, a recovering political junkie uh so i went to the woods and it was i was uh, planning a camping and fishing trip up to the boundary waters in minnesota and and I had ignored um, a video that kept coming up in the feed until after my research and uh, found everything I wanted to, all the portages and the lakes and all that. And it was just wonderful. But uh, I finally clicked on that Bigfoot video and I, I, uh, I went down that rabbit hole. There's no other <laughs> way to explain it. I went down in deep because I was fascinated what I'd learned that, that, you know, by my own wits and reckoning, by the available multitude of experience and evidence as expressed and shared by others. Um, it was real. So I learned from others, um, where to look, um, what to do, what not to do. Uh, and I always, uh, above all that trusted my instincts. Uh, this Wednesday will be October 21st and it will be the one year anniversary since my last encounter. Yeah, it turns out to be with multiple subjects. And I didn't know that until I had actually cleaned up the audio recordings, uh, some weeks later, but, uh, that was something that was uh, amazing. And I'm, I'm in the middle of the woods, it's raining. I'm the only one out there in this valley. And I hear this, uh, ha! really loud. And it was like this world-class tenor. This voice was high fidelity. And it was like, oh my God, uh, Lauren, I had never felt smaller in my life.
2: Oh my gosh. And
3: there were other, some really other crazy things that went on vocal, vocalization-wise. I know all this um, because I recorded all this I've've uh, gotten into the you know recording Sasquatch vocals and I, I've recorded some really amazing things uh, but one of the the amazing things that I recorded was that encounter so you know from a boyhood curiosity to adult you know running to the woods uh, to you know stay sane and, and to realize <laughs> an encounter with these these there are people. Uh, they are a people. They speak. I've recorded things that would just absolutely blow your mind. So if anybody's curious about it, I mean, there's so many people out there. I just can't talk to this, talk about this uh, with. It's not for everybody. And if I told you really what the expressions that I have captured, I would, without the audio evidence, I would fully expect you to commit me. Uh, it's crazy. There are things that you out there in the woods that are so much greater than we. Uh, and maybe the, the actual original human inhabitants of this planet. I think they've been here a lot longer than we have.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people out there that really believe that um, the world's a lot bigger. Um, and especially when you kind of go out in the woods, you see this vast endless of like forest and woods so you know that there's got to be there there must be something more out there than just what we can see but obviously you've been able to hear it and i know that you talked about that you might have had an experience being on the river with a bigfoot um encounter. Yeah, yeah
3: well in the past this is before i even was really passionate about the uh, the this bigfoot hunt kind of thing <laughs> That's so silly. It really does. And I have to laugh. You know, it's, this is not a subject you can bring up your, at your mother's country club, right? So it's, <laughs> it's shunned. And I feel like, you know, I, the black sheep of the family. But, but I so want to share with them this, this, these great and wonderful things that I've experienced, but you just can't. So I, I thank you for this opportunity to Absolutely.
2: fill my gut next
3: to my fireplace in my own living room. So before I realized, you know, Sasquatch behavior, they will throw things at you and they'll – they um, they're somewhat pranksters. Uh, they will, they'll have fun with you. I, maybe they like to see confused looks on our faces. But you know, I've been out there fly fishing up a river up north. So I'd be up there fishing, and and uh, a couple times I heard these very distinct plops, like right at right at my hips, right right into the water. And I'm in I, I was convinced that I had dropped something. I mean, it was that distinct. And uh, Sasquatch sometimes will throw stones at at you, or. No, nuts or, you know, uh, pine cones. They'll do this for fun, I think. I, uh, but they'll also do it to intimidate. Sasquatch can have fun and they can also be aggressive if, if you're not very uh, savvy to their ways and with respect to the woods and such. I think they don't like bad people.
2: So do you have any experience with a first encounter with Bigfoot?
3: At first, uh, after I got into this hobby, my first encounter was simply a uh, a stare down. Um, I went to the, it was I don't know about nine thirty quarter to ten, and I went to uh, spit my toothpaste on the side of the camp. Uh, and uh, I looked up. I had my headlamp on. It was red, and I see uh, two massive eyes, big and ra- big round eyes, wide spaced, just looking at me. And I just locked eyes with it. And this, you know, we stared at one another for several minutes. I don't know how long on the conservative side, I would say at least a few minutes. I have a um, video um, that I I grabbed my camera because we were staring at each other for a long time. It finally closed its right eye. So the one on the left by my perspective. And uh, I think it perhaps was oversensitized by my light. I then decided that we could be doing this all night. And I I nonchalantly went back and I grabbed my my flashlight and my video camera. And I have nearly nine minutes of, a video so anyway I do that and I analyze that video four months later found an anomaly in the background it turns out to be a Sasquatch you see an upright figure it's uh, on my channel and it's called juvie captured and it's an analysis of the footage and I use a an app called coach my video it enables you to zoom in and magnify certain areas of video with great clarity and I use that and it wasn't until I discovered that app that I discovered that what this anomaly was was in fact uh, one of these creations and you can see the head you can see it's it turn its head pivot its shoulders you can see the ocular recess you can see the contour of the back with including large shoulders in the backside the very large trapezius muscles and uh, it's it clearly turns pivots and gets out of the light and you can see its butt and, and part part of its legs uh, it's not the greatest. It's all fuzzy. That's how, you know, it's genuine, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but it's there and all, you know, light doesn't lie. And in this one moment of this video, there was one in the background. Um, and I, I do consider myself somewhat of a treasure hunter, especially now that I've gotten into, uh, collecting vocals and, uh, you know, dialogue You've heard some of that dialogue. It,
2: yes. It's yeah, crazy, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. It doesn't. It definitely has a different ring to it. It doesn't necessarily sound anything I've ever heard before. And um, yeah, I think it's something that. Have you ever sent sent any of your findings, like to a zoologist?
1: I've
3: looked around, and occasionally I I do look and and share my stuff. For example, the new doctor in that show on the Travel Channel, uh, Dr. Maria Mayer. Uh Uh, We had a uh, dialogue going on on Facebook uh, Messenger for a little (laughs) while, And she was very cordial and uh, very kind, and then she just kind of disappeared. But I had shared with her some certain audio. Now, sometime after that, a fellow by the name of Josh, I'll uh, leave his name out. He's the supervising producer for that new series. It's called Expedition Bigfoot, I believe. But uh, anyway, we, we've chatted back and forth. He actually inquired about licensing some of my audio for, for the show and maybe even be an interview. But that never went anywhere. Not to say it won't, but uh, yeah. I, I might consider doing that for kicks and giggles.
2: Well, it sounds like you just have a real passion for the outdoors and everything that lives in it. So what brought you your passion with fly fishing?
3: I've always loved to fish. You know, I grew up with uh, three sisters. And, um, you know, I'd always run down to the woods, uh, into the creek and look for crawdads and and salamanders, whatever I could, you know, do. Speaking of which, uh, in the past couple years, a Sasquatch structure has appeared in the creek I used to play in as a kid.
2: Like a structure, like what what kind of structure?
3: Uh, They are known, and this is how I have been very fortunate in in selecting good recording sites. They they make structures like wigwams, teepees, Um, lean-tos. They exhibit other behaviors in the woods, um, like snapping trees. Uh, Nobody fully understands why, but it's probably a directional thing, perhaps a a way of communicating. So there were three of them in in the creek I used to play in as a kid. Then I just started poking around in other places, a place called Grant Park, uh, just south of Dayton, Ohio. Went there and not Right next to the elementary school, I found a group of structures and other other stone work that was suggestive of primitive, you know, uh, play. Uh, So, and it's along a creek called Holes Creek. So back to the question of rivers and fishing and, and, uh, you know, I took my eyes off the rivers and into the hills, but really the rivers and streams of our nation. You go on Google Earth and and you were just such a very small vein of humanity throughout, you know, the country. I'm mean, gonna Google Earth, there's a lot of green, a lot of open spaces, and uh, this, they travel along the rivers and streams of those spaces. And, and the, you don't have to go very far for wilderness. Uh, fly fishing, you can you can fish here on Lake St. Clair. I live in Grosse Point, Michigan, and, and we have uh, city parks where I often, for walleye um, and other fish. And you don't yeah. have to go very far not to fly fish nor to go squatching. Uh, My first recordings were picked up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and along the Huron River. And Ann Arbor, if you look around it, it's mainly agriculture and woods and such. And of course, there's the city. uh, But these things are out there, and they'll move up and down the river, and they'll leave some of their evidence, if you will, their their wigwams, teepees, that kind of thing. You know, I've heard happy bah and jinjinjua, just a few expressions I got right out of Ann Arbor.
2: Wow. That's yeah,
3: incredible. Crazy. Not very far. And during the daytime, people are walk, hiking through these areas. If people just would learn what to look for, because most people see these things as, oh, kids have been out here or, you know, hippies, kid, you know, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, maybe, uh, but they also leave a lot of trash when, you know, they build their own. I've come across some hippie homeless shelters and it's not, it's not uh, the most pristine uh, camping grounds. So, but these things are, you know, independent out there. And uh, I've even witnessed uh, one of our artifacts, a teacup, move different places in this one teepee that uh, is in Ann Arbor. And, uh, and then ultimately, I think I sent, sent you a picture of it. There's a clearing of uh, uh, pine needles on the ground, and it looks like there's some sticks arranged to the left, and the teacups in the middle of it. But that teacup, well, I'd see moving here and there. And that was the first suggestion to me that there was a juvenile presence. You think because they're such huge creations uh, that they they're loud and they can be, they can sound like um uh, freaking freight trains, but they also speak in a very uh, furtive way. that is practically undetectable to us.
2: Interesting. Cause I think I grew up um, hearing one time, a, uh- Sasquatch ghost story, if you call it. And, um, I think I was really terrified going out in the woods ever stepping outside of my family cabin in Northern Wisconsin. How do you, um, decide to want to go fishing in or go out in the woods?
3: Well, I love it so much and I'm not going to let it defeat me. I've, I've, you know, been in and out of this Valley most of my life. And, you know, I, they have of course have been there. Uh, they may know me. I don't know, but uh, I've been up and down that river since I was a boy. Uh, you can't let it get to you. Uh, I think that the last, and I've learned a little since, you know, that really loud uh, video I shared with you. They're barking and yelling in the background. One says Hanzo. Uh, and I have felt that personally. And I think it might be a form of greeting. Uh, so when they were there last year, um, I didn't speak back, e- even though before. Uh, I went up there, I told myself I'd like to talk to him, but I was in such a state of shock. And really there were moments when I thought that's it for me. I'm never going to go home because it's all very new. And like I said earlier, you felt, I felt very so very small because you're in the midst of such a creation that is immensely powerful um, and could, could have you or not in a second. I mean, but I don't believe they're malevolent. I think they're curious and they were just out there and grateful that they let me share their woods with them.
2: I mean, I think sometimes it's uh, hard to believe that we were ever going to be in a situation that we are right now with COVID. So I don't think it's too far off to think that there's other things that we can believe in, like there's other things out there. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you telling me your story and listening about your adventures um, with Bigfoot you know, I think that this podcast is also about all the people who love to fly fish and their fishing adventures and their stories and also their personal experience of, uh, how they feel about being out in the woods. And, you know, your personal experience is, um, one that is very incredible. And, um, you know, I think I I appreciate you sharing it with me. Um, also on top of your many, um, adventures and your work with the Michigan Aboriginal project. I mean, you do have also a great eye for your, Stillwater uh, still water studio, um, yeah. with your fishing photos
3: and fishing. you know, I'm a former, uh, let's talk about that. I haven't told this story in a while. So, um, uh, I'm a former squash player and my knees gave out. I had had surgery on both of them and I knew I'd eventually have to replace them if I kept up with the game and, uh, and that next year was pretty brutal, pretty brutal work wise, marriage wise. Uh, I was increasingly depressed. I was on opioids for my knee troubles and not addicted. It's just, you know, I, it mm-hmm. does depress, it does slowly depress you <laughs> over time. Yeah. And for the long term pain that I had, it's like, oh, God, this. You know it was that and and all sorts of dynamics that were working against me so put me in a bad place and so that's when i really hit the river that's where i discovered the utmost peace and grace in my my world but, uh, it's just a beautiful place to be uh fly fishing you can do anywhere in it but i love the small streams i love the the, the rivers i can wade and uh, it's like a tonic yeah when my marriage was once upon a time stressed during a vacation i ahead of time i said i just want to go fishing once maybe twice (laughs) so anyway i remember i getting getting to the river and just just as i step into it all my worry, all i just a world of stress just was lifted from my uh, soul you know this burden was gone and i was there to fish and it was wonderful so some years passed and i had uh uh, that's when the uh, depression uh kind of was settling in some maybe around that time and some years after but uh definitely some years after and carried on, but uh, went to the river and, and uh, I needed a hobby. I picked up the camera. I would always kind of liked photography. I just took my uh, camera to the river and uh, you know, every time I I held a trout, they're just so beautiful. And they're also very different when you study them. And it's like, there's gotta be a God. It's like the first time I held and saw my kid, you know, being born. Mm -hmm. Like there's gotta be a God. I mean, this is just it's a miracle that any one of us is around anyway, given all the you know things that can go wrong in, in the generation mm-hmm. process. Uh, it's a miracle that we're here and we have this wonderful playground and trout fishing, fly fishing. It's like one of the the greatest gifts to a, a boyhood dreamer like myself who really needed to get away. and and connect with nature. And that's, that's what I was doing in my way was connecting with God. It's
2: just about being out in nature and just kind of accepting your place. And you're like, if you're on a small river, you're almost like, wow, I'm here. The only one on this small river in this whole world. Like there's so many people, billions of people in the world, and I'm the only one on this river. It kind of makes you feel pretty small, but also pretty special that you get to experience something like that. Um, I have to laugh because I asked you for, you know, I was like, oh, send me some of your fishing uh photos and um on there you sent me also a photo of kid rock and it seriously has me <laughs> questioning <laughs> how do you have a photo of kid rock um, he's like walking down the stairs with the yeah yeah,
3: yeah. I've, uh i've had a lot of godwinks despite the the horrors of my life <laughs> i've had a lot of godwinks and and blessings and uh that was one of them a friend of mine had bought at a uh, charity auction dinner uh, at a local businessman and philanthropist's home. Uh, and the dinner was with Kid Rock. I went and photographed uh, the evening, starved to death, and begged for food at the end from the caterers. you know, order that weren't fully uh, uh, depleted. Uh, but yeah, worked for free, of course. She said, I can't pay you. I said, I don't care. I was going to be with a, a, a billionaire tycoon and and a, and a rock star and okay i'm in
2: <laughs> yeah and did you just capture that photo as he was like leaving dinner uh, or? That was,
3: uh, right after uh shots up on the uh, lanai and cigars and uh, they were on the way down to dinner and i had taken a position uh at the, the back side of you know the, the courtyard there and he pursed his lips to a cigar and uh, and i fired and it was just one shot and it was just perfect Everything fell into place because there are the geraniums above them and and uh, his red pant, Uh Just a really cool, you know, shot.
2: Look at you. You've got the unexpected photo of Kid Rock and you've got some footage of Bigfoot. I don't think there too many go. people can say anything <laughs> like that. So, uh, no. yeah, it was just interesting. I was like, wow, he's got... All these fish photos, and then there's a photo of Kid Rock with the cigar. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, Well, and there's another, if you're interested in colorful stories. Did I send you the snake image?
2: You didn't, it, but it was on your studio, which is uh, in the Stillwater Studio website, yeah, which yeah, is so cool, underwater.
3: Well, yeah, it is underwater. Actually, it was a juvenile about five, five and a half inches long, and he, he was just frolicking on the surface of the water. It was in early, early November, and he was sunning himself in playing, It was just awesome. I was there uh fishing with uh for perch with my dad. And uh, just right off the docks and I had a new telephoto lens and I I brought I busted it out and and took a picture pictures of the snake and like five six frames and that was that one just turned out to be beautiful. And I remember when I fired I was like that was it. That was the shot. And it turned out to be the shot. And uh that was that image um has a little history. Uh West Craven was in town. I don't know, ten years ago or so, shooting Scream Four, and oh. uh, they rented a lot of local artists' work. And this is uh, that was used in uh, Scream Four uh, in the subplot called Stab Seven, I think. It's a couple of girls on the couch, and one's talking too much, and, and rightfully gets stabbed in the guts. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, but way. Beyond that, you can see Frolic, that that snake in, in the in the background. So it's uh, that's kind of like a little feather in my cap.
2: You're just in the you're in the right place at the right time because you know like you said and maybe it's because people aren't maybe aware of their outdoor situations but um, I think um, it's always kind of fun to question what's around us and yeah, um, yeah and, and also to listen to other people's experiences and stories and doing it with an open mind and an open heart. Well, if you want to learn more about you and see your artwork, and also maybe learn more about your Michigan um, Aboriginal project, what's the best way for them to contact you?
3: Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, uh, both under my name, James Lady, and uh, under the name of Michigan Aboriginal Project, two separate channels. Uh, drop me a note uh, my contact information is in there if somebody's so motivated if anybody's at, actually out there and had a Sasquatch experience I'd like to hear about it Stillwater Studio there's an email address on the Stillwater Studio site that is dead I got I just got so much it just became unmanageable I just forgot about it so I don't it doesn't exist anymore and that site that uh, that I created is so old um, but it still conveys a sense of peace and I, I'm still with glad I can share that with folks.
2: I also really appreciate you sharing your story with me, learning more about what you do about the Michigan Aboriginal Project. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just another way that we can open our eyes to other things that might be possibly around us.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's more out there. If, if people are willing to look and investigate a little bit, it's not that hard. There is a lot of silly stuff out there, but, um, Uh, You know, if I have one parting word to people, just, you know, be at peace with yourself, accept just love life. We only have this one go around in this physical plane and uh, we're meant to enjoy it. I think in a way we're tested every day. And and I think uh, the woods uh, can teach you many wonderful lessons and uh, whatever your
1: Sasquatch is, you know, it's uh, you know, you should pursue it.